Happy Monday, my Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we get into today's flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, the latest in the Dave Smith Debates His Online Critics series. And welcome, of course, to the many Part of the Problem fans who have hopped over to hear this. And of course, many of you have also jumped into our Patreon, where they got to watch this debate live in our super secret Lions of Liberty Pride Facebook group. Uh, but there is no better time to be joining the Pride, to be supporting the Lions of Liberty on Patreon. And there are so many reasons why. First of all, I am banging out amazing interviews this month with people like Glenn Jacobs. That interview is already available for our patrons uh, as well. I've got Vin Armani coming on the show as well as Peter Schiff to, to round out December for me. So you can get early access to all that stuff by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Not only that, for the final couple of weeks here in 2020, you can still take advantage of our amazing annual subscription offer. If you join the Pride, our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty, if you join the Pride in an annual subscription, you will get two free months. That's two entire months for free. And we have a pledge level for just about everybody. Uh, whether you just want to dip your toe in the water and get access to our, our bonus content, our amazing shows, early access to interviews, Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, Drunken Howie Story, and so much freaking more. Or whether you want to up the ante, maybe you want to join the Nittany level, $50 a month, and produce an episode of Lions of Liberty. Uh, maybe you want to even join the Aslan level and get a mention here of a product, a link, whatever you want once a month, but no matter what, there's something for you. Just head over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Oh my God, I believe it has occurred. Yes, we are live. We are live in the Lions of Liberty Pride Facebook group. And, um, you know, ding, ding, ding. We've got another edition of the Lions of Liberty Fight Club here. I guess that's, that's a, maybe a new monthly or oftentimes whenever I feel like it, whenever the opportunity presents itself feature here. Uh, but we do have a little special presentation here. Um, like I said, we're, we are live in the super secret Lions of Liberty Pride Facebook group uh, exclusively for Lions of Liberty patrons. That group has not yet been zucked, unlike the group uh, that formerly belonged to one of our debaters here today. He is, of course, the host of Part of the Problem, Mr. Dave Smith. Dave, are you ready to roar? Oh, yeah. Ron Paul Army. Roar, roar. I Happy still, Hanukkah. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah to you as well. I, we actually celebrate it here in the Claire household mm-hmm. by lighting a candle on a plate and, and exchanging gifts because I didn't have a menorah. Anyway, it's not about that. Uh, now, Dave, uh, once again, uh, you have, I don't know how I, I kind of fell into this niche of, of hosting your, your spillover debates <laughs> that, that start on Twitter, but I'll take it. You know, I'll take anything at this point. Uh, but um, I'm, call, I'm loosely calling this the Lions of Liberty Fight Club, and uh, your opponent tonight is actually one of our Patreon supporters. So he's actually paying me to watch himself debate. I don't know. It's weird. It's like an Inception thing. But uh, he is one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, he is a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, and he is the chair of the Vermont Libertarian Party. Please welcome Archie Flower Archie. Are you ready to roar? Absolutely. Totally. I, I'm so thrilled that what was it 20 in the last hour dave and Something i have like already, that like it's it's double digits I, I, in the last hour and a number before that earlier in the week that i tweeted that out not long ago that because we've gotten you know so many to sign up for you that that's already a win like whatever else happens it's a beautiful thing 
Yeah, and even right now, literally this moment, uh, I'm like trying to help people get into to the group. So uh, if I ever look distracted, it's it's not because I'm bored. Probably it's because I'm trying to help people here get in. But um, dun, dun. all right. So let me set this thing up, and I'm gonna help this other guy. <laughs> That's I having me. So I have to do everything here. I'm hosting. I'm uh, I'm tech support. I, I'm I'm the whole deal. Um, but yeah, I guess this kind of started as a, a little a spat on Twitter, as these things often do. Um, I'll let you guys set set it up any any way you want. But um, we're we're essentially coming down to debating a proposition it's sort of a dual proposition it's sort of two things lumped into one but what we settled on was racism inherently violates the non-aggression principle the second part is that the the accusation i guess that that the the, the, the claim that the mises caucus promotes entryism archie is taking the affirmative on both of those positions dave, dave is taking the negative on both of them so uh, i'm gonna first let you guys uh archie since you haven't been on the show before why don't i just let you start off by introducing yourself a little bit uh telling us a little bit about your history with the libertarian party and anything else you want to do to set up this conversation while i help someone get into the pride group to watch this thank you mark uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, everyone out there, you know, as part of the live audience, especially since it just grew so much. That's wonderful. I'm absolutely pro LP growth. So just hearing that does it. Well, we don't you know, know that the LP is growing, only that the Lions of Liberty Pride uh, Patreon is growing. I, as far as I, I, know. I, I have full faith in you, Mark, and the Lions. This is LP as far as I'm concerned. So. <clears throat> My journey began way back in like 96 or 97. I was reading the paper and the Vermont State Police had placed a video camera on someone's property to catch them growing, you know, marijuana, the devil's lettuce. And they did this without a warrant. And the Vermont Supreme Court upheld the conviction. And I read that and I'm like, what the actual, well, anyway. That started me studying the Fourth Amendment and therefore the Bill of Rights. And from there, the you know rest of the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers. For a while, I was a constitutionalist. And then I read some Claire Wolf and Ayn Rand and um, L. Neal Smith and Vince Prenowitz and other you know influences. I started reading more libertarian authors. I was introduced to Ron Paul. Um, I don't remember when Tom Woods entered my lexicon, but he's been a huge influence. And for a long time, I just wasn't a joiner. And then the irony is that Sarwark got me to join when I was watching the 2016 convention. And he made the point that if, if you want things to actually change, you have to be, you, you have to be part of the group that's making the change. Otherwise, you know, nothing's going to change. So that's, that's, a you know, my journey in a nutshell. I'm currently a minarchist. I'm also definitely taxation is theft. You know, we should have no taxes whatsoever and whatever government survives that I'm happy with, you know, I, I don't want a big government. I'm not a traditional minarchist in that sense. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm also not an anarchist because I'm not convinced it could work in practice, but I'll leave it there. All right, Dave. And uh, do you want to set it up by uh, explaining your position as I believe you're a monarchist. Is that right? Or did yes, I get that wrong? I'm an unapologetic monarchist. I support monarchy in all forms. Excellent. I don't care how brutal. Okay, I so live so in maybe Saudi we should change Arabia. change the debate topic altogether here. Maybe we should be, be <laughs> but, no, uh, well, 
what do you want? What do you want me to say? I've I've been on the show many times. I'm Dave. I host part of the problem. Um, and uh, yeah, I know Archie was uh, was critical of the Mises Caucus when he left it. He uh, he was critical of uh, a tweet that I had put out recently on Thanksgiving. And then he uh, he challenged me to a, a debate uh, uh, and, and also about the racism violating the non-aggression principle. So here we are. All right. Well, that being said, why don't we just get right into the topic at hand? And I, I think it's going to make the most sense to sort of do one at a time here. Uh, this isn't a formal uh, Gene Epstein Soho forum debate, but you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're separated enough topics that I think we should address one before the other. So why don't we just start with this original beginning proposition? Racism inherently violates the NAP. Um, I'm not going to, I don't have a timer. I don't even know how to work those things. Uh, I'm just going to say, give yourselves three to five minutes ish of an opening statement. And we'll start with Archie, who's, who's speaking in the affirmative. Okay. Thank you, Mark. The, the way the topic is framed, I just want to make certain that everyone that was on Twitter following this thought crime is not a thing. And I'm not suggesting that thought crime is a thing. I, I should add, by the way, I, I meant to say this, but I, I think that for all of these, it's going to make sense to add a definition here. So I think you should define what, what you see racism is as well, so that we at least are not necessarily talking past each other. Um, racism is basically, uh, well, it, there is a spectrum. Um, Dave is right in one of his podcasts where he says it's, it's a, a word that's used, uh, uh, for a wide range of things. When I say racism inherently violates a nap, I'm talking about the worst form of racism where you actually dehumanize someone. I'm not talking about just being uncomfortable around someone or anything like that. I'm talking David Duke style, full on you know, white supremacy or any racial supremacy, that kind of thing, where you dehumanize and delegitimize other people and, and they're no longer human in your eyes, basically. Um, so when I say it violates the nap inherently, what I mean is it changes the fundamental concept of the nap. I'm not saying it violates someone's rights to form a racist thought or even to speak those thoughts. What I'm saying is, if you look at the Venn diagram of all libertarianism, being racist puts you outside of that Venn diagram. Racism, as Ron Paul says, is one of the worst forms of collectivism, and we are completely and inherently anti-collectivist because we are pro-individualism, not only as a party, but more importantly, as a philosophy. So. I define the NAP this way. It is immoral to initiate force or fraud against a non-consenting person. So inherently, by changing the meaning of person, by dehumanizing someone, that changes the resulting concept. And therefore, that does what I consider to be philosophical damage to the non-aggression principle. All right, Dave, do you want to go ahead and, uh, and give your response to that? And, uh, you know, if you can include just kind of what, what your definition of racism is so we can sure. see if it's any different than, than what Archie laid out there for starters. Right. So I think that um, Archie is saying that racists um, change the definition of the word person, uh, but Archie is changing the definition of the word racism and he's changing the definition of the non-aggression principle. 
So I, I don't know if you actually defined racism there. You said it's a spectrum and you're talking about one end of the spectrum. But if you're only talking about one end of the spectrum and the rest uh, of that area that is covered by the term isn't a violation of the non-aggression principle, then I think you're giving up on the argument that racism inherently uh, violates the non-aggression principle, which is what you had claimed and we had agreed to talk about here. I, I don't know. I would, If I were defining racism, I would say... Uh, prejudice on the basis of race. I mean, to me, that seems like a, a reasonable definition. I mean, we could like look up a dictionary definition if we want to both kind of come to an agreement on this. Um, the the idea that racism, th there's lots of different forms of racism. And let me just say, because I already know, <laughs> I can already hear the response, the, the response from the seven deranged maniacs on Twitter who hate me. I'm not defending racism. I don't like racism. I've, I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, I, I've been a stand-up comedian for about 13 years. I've been in very diverse areas before. I've seen racism, really nasty racism, and I think it's awful. I think it's a really awful thing, and I wouldn't be friends with anybody uh, who I believe to be a racist. Um, but it does not violate the non-aggression principle unless it's an act of aggression. And I think this is very important for libertarians to be sound on the non-aggression principle. I mean, my God, if, we, if we're not sound on the non-aggression principle, what do we have? Our, our greatest tool is that we are philosophically sound and consistent where others are not. So the non-aggression principle, as, as I'll, I'll accept your definition of that, uh, it states that aggression is immoral. It's a, it's a moral principle under the realm of philosophy, morals and ethics. To violate it is an act of aggression. Any belief that you have, even if you believe that some group of people are less than human, is not a violation of the non-aggression principle. Uh, even believing that some people, you know, the non-aggression principle to, shouldn't extend to them, technically is not a violation of the non-aggression principle. A violation of the non-aggression principle is an act of aggression. And I think it's important that we're precise on that. And you can say that you're not defending the idea of thought crimes, but, but you know, I think this is a very dangerous path to go down because essentially what you're saying is that it's like you're using the language that would promote the idea of thought crime. So you may not be defending that, but it's like if I were to say, I think mean thoughts are crimes. And you were to say, well, so you, you think thought, you believe in thought crimes. And I'd say, no, no, no. I define thoughts as violating people's rights, or I define it as this other thing. I, uh, okay. But that's not what the words mean. And of course, any view, any type of, of prejudice based on race is it, it might be wrong. It kind of ranges from the not super offensive to wildly offensive, but it's not an act of aggression in itself. All right, Archie, what what is your response? I think um, just to, to the part where Dave kind of pointed out that if you're saying racism is a spectrum, then you know just just on that word inherently would say that it doesn't matter. The spectrum would be irrelevant. It would it would inherently be racist. So what do you want to want to defend that part first of all, just so we can see if we're you know off kilter there. Um, I'm simply acknowledging that, yes, racism can be a spectrum because it's it's used for so many different purposes, it, the, the word or the term. But a huge portion of that problem is that it's purposefully blurred that way. Uh, woke leftists will use racism at the drop of a hat, and they will do it to 
expressly confuse the rhetorical waters, as it were. Now, when, when you know, middle America thinks of racism, they are thinking of David Duke. They are thinking of actual lynchings. They are thinking of the worst examples. So that's what I'm talking about. And that's what I mean by racism that violates the nap inherently. And but what's your, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to cut you off, but what could you give me a definition of racism or do you accept my yeah. definition of prejudice based on race? Cause obviously we're, we're both in agreement that lynchings are a violation of the non-aggression principle. Absolutely. Uh, racism is the idea of holding one group as inferior or superior to another group based upon racial characteristics. And specifically in the context of this debate, the hatred of such a targeted group to the point where the racist dehumanizes them. Well, what, no, what do you mean you specifically? Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, can you, can you define you what dehumanizes would mean then in this context and how... how well, when, when you look at the David Duke types, you absolutely see a level of hatred that someone totally rejects the humanity, the compassion, the empathy of, of their target group. They, they, they just don't recognize them as having rights. They don't recognize them as being people. They're subhuman. Um, okay. So can I just ask you, were, were you just reading like a dictionary definition or was that just your own oh, definition? Okay. So, so I think it's, uh, it's unfair and kind of silly for you to give a definition that says for the purposes of this debate. I mean, the, the like, uh, if you don't accept my definition, fine, we could look up like a dictionary definition or, uh, or something like that. But to, let me just try to, maybe I could break this down with just like a simple question. Um, if somebody were to say, you know, I, I don't like Puerto Rican people. I think they, they smell and I never want to have one in my home. Would you consider that racist? Yes. Okay. Would you consider that a violation of the non-aggression principle? So here's the thing with that, okay? And, and you're, you're right that we need to be dialed in on the philosophy, and you're right that we need to understand it properly so we can bring it to the masses. It is not a violation of a particular person's rights. It is not an act of aggression. It is a violation of the non-aggression principle because it, it philosophically changes the principle it like e equals mc squared if you if you redefine energy to mean bananas well bananas do not equal mass times the speed of light squared yeah but actually the only one redefining terms here is you so i'm sorry i just i, I didn't get an answer out of that was that an, an, an a violation of the non someone just doesn't like puerto ricans doesn't by the way my best friend is a puerto rican really really gay puerto you rican still don't want so him in your i house, love but that's no. Oh, he's never been here. Never will. But the point <laughs> is, I love him like a brother. I love his son like he's my own. But I'm just saying some person out there doesn't like Puerto Ricans, says they smell and I don't want them in my house. Is that a violation of the non-aggression principle or not? On the philosophical level, yes, I believe it is. On the level of action, no, it isn't. That's my okay. point. Okay, that, so let's just get... Okay, but I just think that, that to me, at least what it sounds like, and I'm, I'm kind of open to this, I don't know, uh, um, but it sounds like 
the phrase on the philosophical level is doing all of the heavy lifting here. And I don't know what you mean by that. And so it, it feels like you're just saying, well, I don't like this. I think this is bad. So I'm going to say it's a violation of the non-aggression principle on some level. So as I pointed out earlier, the non-aggression principle is already in the realm of philosophy. We're talking about philosophy here. It's a moral yeah. principle. So what do you mean by on a philosophical level, it violates the non-aggression principle? By changing the definition of a particular part of the the term, you're changing the resulting concept. I, I if somebody just, to, I'm sorry, go I ahead. I have this idea because of many discussions I've had in the LPMC and with them in like the delegates groups um, with uh, self-identified libertarian socialists. And when they talk about things like uh, rent being theft, or there's a distinction between personal and private property. Well, that too is a redefinition of the non-aggression principle by redefining property. You therefore end up redefining aggression and therefore change the resulting concept. Okay. So, um, Arch, Arch, just to save time here, I'm with you on the idea that redefining a term can lead you to uh, to mean something else with the term. I'm just saying, I think you're redefining the non-aggression principle right now. So, this person, my hypothetical I made up, doesn't like Puerto Ricans, what, what would you say? doesn't like Puerto Ricans, doesn't want them in their house, th you know, thinks whatever nasty things about them, but doesn't think they should be killed or they're not human beings. I mean, you would grant me that there, there are racists out there who don't like a particular race, but that, but don't think they're not human or subhuman. So in that case, they wouldn't be changing the definition of the word human, they, or the word person or whatever. They would just have negative feelings about that person based on their race. Does that, violate the non-aggression principle? So when you're asking that, what I'm hearing is this, does it violate their rights, the, the, the target of their hate? Well, that, that is, I mean, that, we're, we're talking about the non-aggression principle. So that just, let's, let's just try to hone in on that. When we're talking about the non-aggression principle, we are talking about whether philosophically and in action, either either one, because it's, it's all the same thing here, we're talking about whether it is violating their rights. So that, that really has to be what we're answering this whole well, time, you know? Philosophical, philosophically and in action are actually two separate things. And, and when you violate it philosophically by redefining it, you're, what you're doing is you're placing yourself outside the Venn diagram of libertarianism. I'm not suggesting in any way that you're violating someone's rights with a thought. I'm not suggesting in any way that you are violating um, the non-aggression principle on an actionable basis. Okay, so what I mean by that is, let's say someone draws a gun on you. That is an immediate threat, and by the non-aggression principle, you have the right to self-defense. So you can draw your gun on them and stop them if necessary with lethal force. Do you agree with that? Um, so uh, uh, I, I, I suppose, depends on the situation. Right, I mean, contextually, there's lots of different possibilities there. I grant you that. So that is a direct action. And that is what I mean by actionable. Thoughts are not actionable, except um, to disassociate with someone. But that's not, you know, something that you're committing against them. That's just like, I don't want you in my life. 
So racism inherently changes the nature of the concept. That's what I'm talking about. It, it Does it though? But what if what if there was some form of racism, as I was just laying out, that I didn't really get an answer to? A form of racism, which I, is, by the way, the most common form of racism, the one that I've personally seen the most in my life, would be something that was prejudi uh, prejudicial against someone based on their race, um, but not necessarily making them less than human. I mean, not, not to say that that doesn't exist. I'm just saying the far more common uh, would just be something like, you know, a, a negative feeling toward a, a group of people based on their race, but not necessarily changing this definition. By the way, just to make clear, I still don't think it's a violation of the non-aggression principle, even if you think the worst things about someone, because it's it's thoughts, it's not in action. But my point to you, just to be specific, to poke an easier hole in this logic, is that there are forms of racism that don't even do what you're claiming they do, that don't even make someone less than human, that don't change the definition of the word human. Like, for example, you could think, and there are actually lots of racists who say this, uh, black separatists and white separatists who I've heard say this before and say, I have nothing against that race. They deserve all of their rights. I just don't want to live with them or live around them. Now, that is certainly racist. But it's not a violation of the non-aggression principle, and it's—I I don't think it's treating someone as subhuman. That's not an unfair point. However, when 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 you look at the non-aggression principle, I mean, it can it, we we could state it in different ways, right? I mean, pretty much any principle can be stated in different ways, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, 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 Archie. What we really need to do here is is have you define what you see as the non-aggression principle, because I because I think what what you're trying to argue is that racism, how you're defining it, which even even in maybe the worst cases, you're defining it as like seeing people as subhuman or what have you. The the thought of doing that, but what is how does that re correlate to what you're saying about the the non-aggression principle? So maybe you can hone in on what you say. What would what is something that violates the non-aggression principle? Like how would you define that? the principle itself yeah yeah it is immoral to initiate force or fraud against a non-consenting person okay you had that in your in your kind of opening statement so i, I think i don't know I, just as a kind of unbiased observer here the, the part i i'm missing here and i'm i'm trying to trying to you know absorb your argument is is how you're getting from the the racist thought, whatever that may be, even if it is looking at someone as subhuman or just, you know, thinking something like, I don't like, you know, I think Puerto Rican smell, I don't want them in my house, how that is, is inherently violating that. I can see how you can make arguments like you're saying where it leads to it or could lead to it. I think that is a possible argument you can make, but you know, in, in terms of this proposition here, we're saying inherently. So I think that's a connection. We just need to see you make a little bit more from, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what you're saying. So Dave, that connection. Yeah. Let me know what you think about this meme. I honestly cannot read that, but um <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's the corporate needs you to find the difference between this picture and this picture. Okay. And the two pictures are racism inherently violates a nap and Marxism inherently violates a nap. And then I, you know, stuck my face on the one down below. It's the old office meme, yeah, yeah. Archie's so, yeah. here. So is your argument, man, we're getting off into weird territory here. Is your argument that Marxism inherently violates the nap, like just believing in it? Yes. Okay. So I think now, there should probably be, 
uh, a distinction made between what makes you a libertarian and what is a violation of the non-aggression principle. Uh, so if you believe that there is a certain group of people who don't deserve rights, um, who, who, and I don't mean a group of people like, you know, people who have committed violent crimes or something like that, like based on an immutable characteristic, you know, if you believe there's a certain race of people who don't deserve natural rights, uh, then you are not a libertarian for sure. Um, and if you believe in Marxism, then you are not a libertarian for sure. But those beliefs are not violations of the non-aggression principle oh. because the principle is the non-aggression principle and the thought in itself is not an act of aggression. So in other words, somebody who's never robbed from anybody, never, you know, assaulted anybody, never, you know, violated the non-aggression principle at all, uh, who's votes for Bernie Sanders, we would not call that person a libertarian or let's say, take out votes. Cause some people make that argument supports Bernie Sanders. Now, we would not call that person a libertarian because they support Bernie Sanders, but we also wouldn't accuse that person of violating the non-aggression principle uh, because the, the whole purpose of the non-aggression principle, which is it, the irony is that you're talking about people changing definitions, but the whole purpose of the non-aggression principle is for libertarians to deduce when it is morally acceptable to defend yourself. That, that's the point of the non-aggression principle. So the, the whole point of it is to figure out when it is morally acceptable to use force, to use violence. And this is why we reject the state, or in your case, most of the state, um, because it violates that principle. So to just, again, I think it's very dangerous and uh, inaccurate and philosophically unsound to say that, well, if this kind of tends to make someone in another group lesser than in some way, that is on some level philosophically a violation of the non-aggression principle. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not getting the argument for it. Well, it sounds like you're agreeing with my thesis that Marxism makes you like unlibertarian. Period. Yeah. But not libertarian. I think we're mixing up the original yes. proposition here because not being a libertarian philosophically is not the same as violating the non-aggression principle. Even I, if I'm, I even if I stop being a libertarian tonight and I I say that I you know I no, no longer believe in libertarianism, I'm a socialist now. If I'm just sitting here still behind this microphone saying it, I have not. I might not be a libertarian anymore, but I haven't violated the NAP still. So I think that that's a little oh. disconnect here. I think the disconnect is in the philosophical violation of the NAP versus a violation of the NAP. And so let's go back again to E equals MC squared. It's a particular relationship, right? It is a physical relationship that Einstein discovered, and it led to, you know, both nuclear power and nuclear weaponry, right? Mm -hmm. Do you accept that, Dave, that that's an objective fact? Sure. Okay. Now, what if someone comes along and uses like common core math and says um, squared no longer means the number times itself. It means something else. Mm -hmm. Well, that relationship that they just redefined allow them to build either nuclear bombs or nuclear power plants or will reality just slap them in the face? Yeah, probably won't work. Right. That's 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 what I'm saying is that the resultant concept from someone redefining property in the case of a Marxist or redefining person in the case of a racist, the resulting concept is is a, a 
monstrosity that resembles the nap, but is not actually the nap. Um, okay. So it, uh... I mean, if you were to say that people uh, believing horrible things about certain groups of people is not conducive to an environment that is probably going to result in less violations of the non-aggression principle, then maybe I could agree with you uh, on that. But that's a very different thing than saying it is itself a violation of the non-aggression principle. And look, I, I feel like we're going around in circles on this, but maybe I could just ask you, so what does this lead to? Like, like this line of, so uh, of course, if you're going to say this, right, if you're going to say that racism um, and, and you're using David Duke as the example, but then you're also, I'm not exactly clear here, but you're also saying all the other forms of racism, uh, even the kind, the more, you know, just not wanting someone in your house uh, is also a violation of the nap on a philosophical level. Okay. Well, how about I, I mean, I don't know. I, I assume then by this logic, then also homophobia, xenophobia, you know, uh, transphobia, whatever all the other things are, those would also have to be violations of, of the non-aggression uh, non-aggression principle in, in theory. Um, I guess uh, Orthodox Jews are out. They can't be libertarians. I mean, they inherently believe that they are the chosen people and other people are less than Jews. That That is absolutely undeniably true. If, if you, Are you comfortable saying that, Archie, right now, that all uh, religious Jews are out? And, and not only out, not only can't be libertarians, but are in fact violating the non-aggression principle just by their existence as Jews. I'm not going to delve into that theology. But do you understand what really the point? Don't. Okay, well, I, what if I, I tell you? That theology, I mean, that that's... Let, let me tell you, as a Jew, I can promise you that Orthodox Jews believe they are God's chosen people. I promise you that, and they believe everybody else is not. Promise. You, you can take this to the bank, given that that's okay. And you can put the caveat in. If you find out that I'm wrong about that later, then your answer doesn't count. But assuming that I'm right about that, does that make them in violation of the non-aggression principle philosophically? I wouldn't necessarily say so. That that's a, that's a. Did you say would or wouldn't? I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. Did you say you would say so? I said, I don't that? necessarily think that's the case. Do not. Oh, and, you're just and, rejecting you're rejecting my claim that Orthodox Jews believe they're God's chosen people. No, I'm not rejecting that. What I'm saying is that the theology adds a, a whole other layer that we would have to, you know, spend another couple hours on. Okay, is it and racist? We're not even getting traction on. I mean, I understand why you're not getting this. I, I, I mean, I understand I'm not being as clear as I could be. But there really is a difference to me between a violation of the NAP, which means a person's rights, you know, you are taking an action against a person, and a philosophical violation of the NAP. And if you conflate those two things, you're missing my argument. Okay, well, uh, perhaps that's that's the case. And maybe the reason why I'm missing your argument um, is that, I, as I've already said, I feel like just using the word philosophical is doing all the heavy lifting for you here. Because as I pointed out, the non-aggression principle, we're already in the realm of philosophy. It's a moral principle. So what, what does this mean? You're saying it's redefining words, but of course I've given you examples of racism where it's not redefining uh, the words, but okay. Let me try this uh, a, a different way. You did accept that racism, you accepted my definition, right, of racism being prejudice based on race? That's not um, out of the ballpark, no. 
Okay. So how about the fact, you know, I, I think it's over 90% of marriages uh, in this country are, are the same race. Uh, it's, I, I believe, I, I, you know, double check me on this, what the numbers are, but I think it's something up there like that. Um, it, what about someone who says, I only want to date people of, of my race? That is, by definition, discrimination on the basis of race or prejudice on the basis of race. Are, are those people in violation of the non-aggression principle? philosophically because we're talking now about 90 plus percent of married people well no we aren't 90 plus percent of married people may have married into their own race but that doesn't make 90 plus percent only would marry into their own race okay right. fair enough let's not That's focus on the the marriage rates and then let's just try to focus on the actual question yeah. theology marriage these are <laughs> Well, no, but listen, Archie, I'm just trying to figure out because I don't understand uh, the, the argument here. So I'm just trying to figure out like what level you would take this to, how the, what the purpose of this view is. The purpose is to delineate who is and who isn't libertarian. Yeah, but th again, I think that's a different thing than than uh, uh, a violation of the non-aggression principle. Believe well, it. If everyone who wasn't a libertarian is violating the non-aggression principle, we should all grab some shotguns and start going to work because the vast majority of people are are in that camp. But again, so I so but okay, so let just just answer, please, Archie. Just if you could just answer this question then for me. Forget the ninety percent number. You're right. Maybe some of them it wasn't based on race. For people who only, if you only want to date someone in your race, if if that's the only people you date, or if you just have a racial preference in terms of who you date, you know, some people like black guys, some people like white guys, whatever. Um, some people, you know, fine. Is that a violation of the non-aggression principle? If you only like Asian women, if you only like, like, is that a violation of the non-aggression principle? No. Okay. So then it would seem to me that you've conceded what my uh, definition of race is. And you've conceded that by that definition, racism is not inherently a violation of the non-aggression principle. Except that racism is more than that definition. I mean, David, yeah, but no one's arguing that racism can't be a violation of the non-aggression principle. Obviously, like a hate crime or something like that is a violation of the non-aggression no, no, principle. No, no, no. And, and you keep bringing up David Duke, by the way, to be completely honest, I don't know much about David Duke other than that he's the racist boogeyman, kind of. I, I don't know. I'm sure he has horrible views. I've read like a few excerpts uh, from him. I know that he uh, ran for governor in the 90s, and I, I've seen him on with like Wolf Blitzer and stuff. It, can I just ask you? I'm just kind of curious, not defending David Duke at all. Uh, I'll leave that to the ghost of Murray Rothbard. Uh, the, he, by the way, <laughs> oh. he made great. He was completely right in everything you said. Anyway, but does is David Duke's position that some races are subhuman and not deserving of rights. And when I'm asking you this, I'm saying like, would David Duke say that? I really I, don't know. Huh? And he's, he, he's high up in the KKK. So I'm assuming that. No, he, he was in the KKK, he, I think in his twenties. Well, okay. Well, whatever point in his life. New topic is David Duke a libertarian. Let's pick. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I'm just asking because it, it does seem to me that you're saying, well, over here in this sliver of racism, by the way, I don't know. Maybe that is David Duke's position. I don't know. But the, well, the vast majority of racism is not what you're talking about here. It's not people saying you're subhuman and, and don't deserve rights. I mean, I, I don't know. Mark, help me out here. <laughs> I'm <on a> silence. <laughs> I, I, 
Okay, I, I think we're kind of going in circles a little bit here, but I, I think what Dave is trying to get you to, to kind of look at is it's, it's the difference between a belief and acting on a belief. Like, I, I think Absolutely. what you, I think what you're, I think, I think this might be a problem maybe with the resolution. Like, I think what you're, and I'm not, I'm not really necessarily agreeing with that argument or not one way or the other, but I think what you're more arguing, Archie, is that having racist beliefs could lead one to not have libertarian positions or to not be libertarian. But that is a very different thing than saying having racist beliefs inherently, which would, which would mean all the time, uh, does violate the actual non-aggression principle, you know? So I think that's, I don't know how many times we can go through it before we're just going to have to say we kind of move on because we're kind of, we are kind of going in a loop here, but can you want to maybe just try to take one more crack at addressing this concept? Because I think what I'm personally missing here is the leap from even assuming racist thoughts or a belief. I don't want to be around a certain race or I prefer a certain race in my relationships. How is that? Is that you're, are you really are you first of all, are you really trying to argue that it inherently violates the non-aggression principle as opposed to just maybe a broader spectrum of saying, I believe that's incompatible with the ideas of liberty, which might be a slightly different argument. But saying it inherently violates the NAP, that's the that's the problem I'm having problem. Uh, I'm having trouble getting to doing my damn best to, to listen to your argument and try and try to see if I can make sense of it. So let's go back to Marxism for a moment. Do we have to? Have you, have you are, are you familiar with the, their delineation between personal and private property? Because that's what they try to sneak in. Like, I get, I get okay. what you're saying there. So, but, so you're. But I think what Dave is saying, what, what you weren't getting there, is that Dave is saying, yeah, Marxisms aren't Marxists aren't libertarians. But being being a Marxist and having the belief still doesn't violate the NAP. It just would be, it would be a differing philosophy. But it's not actually violating it. It's not taking the action, and that's that's where I'm. I think we're I'm all not that the belief is an action, or that it is actionable in terms of self defense. That's why I say philosophically, a philosophical violation of the NAP is is essentially taking the root fundamental definitions and changing them in such a way that the resulting concept is not what we would accept as the nap. And what I mean is this, so personal versus private property. So let's say you're super successful, you buy another car, um, it's a company car. And so someone that has these Marxist beliefs thinks that's private property. So when they get in and they take their car, your car rather, they don't believe they're violating the nap. Are they violating the nap, Dave? Yes. Right. Even though they say that there's a difference in property. So that difference in property to them makes a difference in what is and is not aggression because it's not aggression if you don't own the car. But if you own the car, stealing the car is aggression. Okay, Archie. Yeah, I but think I, again, I'm just not. I like none of this is addressing what we're talking about. I've already conceded this. Yes, if somebody else changes the definition of the non-aggression principle and says they believe in that, then they do not believe in the non-aggression principle as we define it. So, okay, I'm I'm completely well, agreed with that. We agree on that. Yes, of course. So yes, yes, that's obvious. But that's, that's that doesn't. What I mean when I say philosophical violation. 
Yes. Okay. But again, you're, you're using language in a very slippery way and, and defining things incorrectly. You're actually guilty of what you're accusing them of being guilty of. So if somebody does not believe in the non-aggression principle, then they don't believe in the non-aggression principle. That does not mean they violated the non-aggression principle. Now, if you were to argue that people not believing in the non-aggression principle could lead to them violating the non-aggression principle, sure. That doesn't mean that it in itself is a violation of the principle. And that is even, a, and it's even a further stretch to say racists who don't, aren't even redefining the definitions, aren't even saying that one group is subhuman, just have, uh, just are prejudicial against them for some reason, um, are, are violating the non-aggression principle. And again, as I pointed out before, it becomes a useless, if, if we're going to define this the way you are, it becomes a completely useless term. We might as well give up on the non-aggression principle. I mean, by this uh, uh, line of thinking, right, everybody who has a preference on who they date based on race is, uh, is uh, violating the non-aggression principle. As I pointed out, Jews would be violating the non-aggression principle. Um, anyone who believes in critical race theory, damn sure is violating the non-aggression principle. Anyone who's uh, any white racist, uh, you know, like, I mean, you'd literally get down to groups to the point anyone who could be uh, has any feelings about any other group of people, because, uh, you know, by your logic, this shouldn't just be applied to race. This should also be applied to ethnicity. It should also be applied to sexual preference, to gender, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, you're going to get to a point where you're, you're just saying that everybody around you is, is guilty on some level of the non-aggression principle. Um, you know, so this, this seems unworkable and unsound. Again, you're conflating the two. Conflating yeah. what? Philosophical versus actionable. But it's uh, yes, but okay. But the principle is a philosophy. It's a moral principle. We're in the realm of philosophy. You still haven't answered this. So I'm sorry. This is just getting frustrating. By making action towards someone, by threatening them or actually harming them, that is a violation of that particular person's non-aggression principle. No person, no, 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 no person has a non-aggression principle. People don't own a principle. It is a moral principle that says that aggression is wrong. That's the principle. You're not violating Mark's non-aggression principle. Like, the, like I, I don't know what this means. You're violating the non-aggression principle if you attack Mark. It's a principle. It's a philosophy. We're already in the realm of philosophy. You're just saying something that is not an act of aggression is a violation of the non-aggression principle and then using the word philosophically next to it. I, I don't I don't get this argument, man. Archie, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help you. I, I don't know if it's gonna work, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to play Archie's advocate for a second. Cause I, I think I'm kind of <laughs> maybe get what you're trying to say, but it's maybe just not connecting, okay? I think what you're trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that when you hold a racist belief, when someone holds a racist belief, they are perhaps changing the definition of an individual or the definition of maybe what a human who has rights is. And I think what you're trying to say is when, you, when you're changing that definition of what like, makes an individual or what makes a human, you are no longer looking at people on a level playing field and therefore you're going to be advocating essentially violating their rights. Am I, am I close to what you're trying to say? Yeah, that is actually very close. Um... I'm, I'm still going to delineate between belief and action. Um, racists have every same right that you and I do. Uh, they, they have the right to freedom of association. They have the right to freedom of speech. They have the right to freedom of conscience. All the rights we do, like straight down the line. 
what I'm delineating is because of their beliefs, they literally cannot be libertarian. That that that's that's the whole ball game. But I I think we have to we have to go back and focus on the actual well actually what we're debating and that that isn't even the premise that racists can't be libertarian. The premise is that holding racist beliefs or racism in general violates the NAP. And I th- I think that's still where we're, we're going in two different directions. Because I think to you, you're, you're kind of more comp- making the argument that racism or being racist makes you not libertarian. That's a separate conversation. It's not the exact same one as racism violates the NAP. For that, we, we have to, we, you have to get us to the point where we show how it is actually, you know, violating the non-aggression principle, meaning it is actually violating someone's rights by holding the belief itself. No, so that's make- not my point, though. I'm not saying that the belief itself violates someone's rights. Okay, so it is a pro. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I I would just add one more thing that again, if you were to really take this logic uh, uh, all the way to its conclusion, then I mean, having if having racist thoughts violates the non-aggression principle on a philosophical level, you know, I still don't exactly get what that means. But um, well, thinking about punching someone in the face would certainly violate the non-aggression principle on a philosophical level, uh, thinking about strangling someone or something oh. like that. So and I'm sure Dave point, is not implying he's thinking these thoughts at all right now. No, no, I'm I was, sure, right? I was That's talking about purely my last hypothetical. Ap- I, I was talking about my last appearance on this show. Okay. Not this one. I'm not, I'm not thinking about strangling, anyway. but you know what I'm saying? So then like, I don't know, you just get to a point where you've now, you have, you are guilty of what you were criticizing the Marxists for doing. You have redefined the term into a meaningless state where everybody is guilty of this. And and I will just say that I actually, in all seriousness, I actually think this is a very dangerous area uh, to go down because once a libertarian, you, you may not be advocating for thought crimes, but you are certainly giving cover for somebody who would be advocating for thought crimes. I mean, if you're saying like, well, this is kind of on some level a violation of the non-aggression principle, you make it a much easier argument to say, well, then you know what? On some level, we should probably defend ourselves against these, these evil things thoughts. And so I just, I think this is, I, I just, I don't think there's a solid argument for it. And I think it's a bad direction. I think it destroys the non-aggression principle. And I think it, it, it leads to very bad outcomes. All right. I'll let you respond to that, Archie, but then I want to dovetail into this other, this other topic, and we're not going to spend an hour on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Time uh, certainly has flown by. Um, time flies when you're having racist thoughts. Wait, what? That's not what this is about. Never mind. Whoa. Not I cool. mean, when you're talking about racism, it's so fun. You know, it's a jovial topic. Hey, that was a nap violation, bro. <laughs> well, um, hey, perfect. You agreed with me. Great, we're done. Uh, right. Anyway, Our where were wins. we? Um, actually, I think we established we all won because uh, we got you a whole bunch of new audience. Anyhow, um, that means I, only I win. That doesn't include you, you guys winning. <laughs> I, 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 I joke. I, I appreciate everybody. Be a win for us. All right. So here's here's the thing. Um, the delineation between belief and action. So government can only act when someone's rights are violated or threatened to. Like if 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 someone waves a gun in a crowd, that's actionable. Um, and the reason government can act that way is because we delegate that to government. Uh, and and I'm assuming the minarchist point of view, and we don't have to delve into minarchy versus anarchy and all that good happy, happy. Having only a belief means it's not actionable. 
That's the line. That That's the hard line. So I don't think I'm opening up Pandora's box, as you imply. I think that by looking at the definition of the NAP and realizing that the concept as a whole needs to remain cohesive rather than, oh, well, personal versus private property. Yay, I can take your car because it's a company car. You know, that's still a NAP violation. But yeah, but you, you're... If, if I don't know, if you think the non-aggression principle needs to be cohesive and have a solid definition, then why would we call things that aren't acts of aggression violations of the non-aggression principle? I just, you know, Again, I'll, I'll rest my case on this one because we really are just going around in circles on yeah, this. We're, Let's we're talk about the, loop, the Mises the Caucus portion. and stuff. I mean, yeah. You're conflating two concepts, Dave. All right. I don't think I am. All right, Kitty Cats, I got to take a quick little time out from this debate to inform you that if you need help staying awake, if you need help perhaps hosting hour and a half debates sometimes, you got to head over to our friends at Lorenzotti Italy. These guys are bringing in some amazing premium coffees and bring them to the common man at reasonable prices. All you got to do is head over to Lorenzotti.coffee. That's Lorenzotti.coffee. I will, of course, post a link in the show notes as well in case you have trouble with spelling Lorenzotti, but it's quite straightforward. In fact, I'll spell it for you. L-O-R-E-N-Z-O-T-T-I, Lorenzotti.coffee. And when you're there, you want to use discount code LIONS to make sure you get 10% off your order. And what I love about these guys is not only are they great coffee connoisseurs, but they are also great businessmen and they're helping others become entrepreneurs as well. They also help people set up their own coffee shops, helping them procure the proper equipment, uh, helping them secure financing. They really are doing everything out there for people who love coffee, for people who love coffee shops. You've got to check out our friends at Lorenzotti Italy. Again, that's Lorenzotti.coffee. Use discount code LIONS at checkout. All right, we will let the uh, we'll let the audience decide. We'll do, we'll do a little Lions Liberty Pride uh, poll, and then we'll do another poll when we when we blast this thing out to the public. But uh, why don't we dovetail to this other topic? And I'm gonna need, need a definition too, because I don't even really understand this what this word means. Uh, you, Archie, you're also claiming you used to be a member of the Mises Caucus. You did leave that group. You can feel free to touch on as much of that as you want here, and then um, you know you can address this concept of why you believe that the Mises Caucus promotes entryism. Please do tell me because I don't have a clue what entryism is along the way. Entryism is in direct contrast to or opposition to growth, and they look superficially similar as they're both you know, promoting adding people to the party, but entry has come into the party with an eye towards or intent to change the fundamental nature of the party. Growth is when people come in, regardless of their previous political background, to learn about libertarianism, educate themselves about our values in order to help us advance our values in libertarianism as a whole. So entryism is new people coming into the party with toxic intent towards libertarian values ultimately to work against party goals or even destroy the party. Okay. Matt Kummel, perfect example. What was that? Okay, Matt so you, Kummel, yeah, perfect Matt example. Kummel. Right. So you're, you're saying you are saying that 
the Mises Caucus. Okay, because Macchino was the head of the, the Libertarian uh, Yeah, Socialist I don't know Caucus. who that is. He was the head of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus. So I think you're just comparing the, the two things. So you're saying that someone like Macchino was bringing in people who are socialists, and they were not you know, socialists who were becoming libertarians or intending to become libertarians. He was bringing them to essentially turn the Libertarian Party socialists. So you're saying the same thing with the Mises Caucus. They are promoting the entry of people that are not coming there to become libertarians. They are coming to change the party and change what yeah. libertarianism is. So and, and so, what are they trying to change it into? I, I suppose. I, I believe that um, some of their messaging is directly to the alt right. Okay, well, we don't have time for another hour long debate about what the alt right is. We did that last time, but um, could you just be a little more specific on, on what on what you mean by that? Let me get you an image here. Another meme? No. <laughs> another another self made meme. I would think we should do all our arguments and memes. We shouldn't even talk next time. We should just continue to place up memes with, with your own faces on them. Is that kind of like the Star Trek episode where Picard does the, uh, you know... That's a question for Brian. He's the, he's the Star Trek nerd. But that Picard is sexy. What, what did I say? Uh, anyway, Archie. <laughs> I think you can explain it without finding the meme. No, this is actually the meme I left the group over. Okay. So this is a little backstory. It is. This is why you got to join the pride. People that are listening right now, this I'll take a, a commercial break for the pride. If you're listening to the Public Lines of Liberty podcast feed right now, the only way to physically see these memes from Archie is by joining the pride, joining the Patreon, where we'll post this video. Archie, take it away. Explain this meme you got up. Okay, so this is on its face transphobic. Um, if we divide 125 genders by three bathrooms, how much climate change do we have? Destroy capitalism. Um, it's 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 messaging well, right, and it's it's transphobic on its face, and it's deeply disturbing for the Mises Caucus to post anything like this from there. That was posted by the official uh, Mises Caucus account, not yes, just like it not. It wasn't by a person just in the group or something. Right? Can, no, can I just uh, I, just say I'm just for because a lot of people probably consume this by audio only. It's a teacher standing in front of a blackboard with some uh, looks like some geometry on the board. And he's asking the question, if we divide 125 genders by three bathrooms, how much climate change do we have? And one of the children asks with a question mark, destroy capitalism. And he's pointing like, correct. That's yeah. just so people get it. Cause I don't think you'd get the meme just without the kind of description of it. Oh, totally. Thank you for the description. No problem. Um, all right. And, okay. So can you just explain so that seeing that meme made you leave the Mises caucus? That was the last straw. Hmm. There was uh, a, a whole bunch of discussion about um, transgender issues in the Mises Caucus group. And there were some extremely vitriolic things said against transgender people. And the people were not even warned to, you know, tone that down. Hmm. As far as I know, they're still in the caucus. All right. Well, I don't know if, Dave, you want to respond to the meme itself or if you want to respond to this broader concept of entryism, but I'll let you or if you just want to smoke your vape um, and zone out, because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Look, I'm, I'm kind of happy we're on to this topic, because as both of you guys know, this was actually the topic that I kind of wanted to talk about and, and more so than than the, the idea of racism violating, violating the non-aggression principle. I mean, I don't agree with Archie on that, but I just kind of feel like, I don't know, guys, I mean, uh, the, the government 
instituted totalitarianism this year. Uh, we crushing debt, wars all over the place. We're bailing out, you know, the big banks and big corporations. The the biggest attack on uh, the middle class and small businesses of my lifetime. And we're kind of sitting here as libertarians who kind of have a lot of the answers to this. And we're talking about the, these kind of I, I don't know. Is rate, whether thoughts violate the non-aggression principle on some philosophical level or not. So I'm glad we're getting to the Mises caucus thing, because I really think that it's like there are so many serious things going on right now. And it blows my mind how libertarians can focus on the most petty offenses and get outraged about them. The Mises caucus, you know, are they guilty of entryism? Uh, well, it seems like every positive, every, every little bit of hope that the liberty movement has will be spun into a negative by a, a small group of people. So, you know, uh, if, if, you, uh, if, if you are very successful in the libertarian, uh, you know, movement in the space, you're a grifter. If you have, you know, uh, a lot of influence and a lot of people agree with your point of view, well, then that's hero worship or a cult of personality. And if you're the only caucus that is actually substantially recruiting people into the party and growing membership, then I guess you're guilty of entryism. Now, the, the major difference, as I understand entryism, I believe it, it was a term that referred to uh, um, the Trotskyites uh, attempting to, to take over the, um, the Labor Party in France. And the idea was that you are really something else sneaking into a group, being deceptive, convincing them you're one of them with your own ends in mind. Kind of uh, the example of this guy uh, you just used, who's a socialist trying to get into libertarians. So the reason why this just doesn't apply to the Mises caucus is because the Mises caucus represents the libertarian movement entering the libertarian party. And so the, the idea that this is entryism and entryism seems to me to imply that there's something secretive going, uh, going on. If, if nothing else, we are quite open about what we're doing here. And so, yeah, I, I mean, to look at the only caucus and by the way, what the Mises caucus is, has accomplished is just incredible. They're a few years ago, they didn't exist. And they're now close to 40% of the party came damn near close to getting the chair and their presidential candidate in uh, as the nominee. Fair enough. Didn't get them in. But still, it's unbelievable what they've done in a short period of time. And to look at this, the one caucus that's bringing energy into the liberty movement that this country so desperately needs right now to, to say, well, oh, my God, but there was this this uh, um this meme that, by the way, it's not even transphobic, dude. I don't even think you get it. It's making fun of the absurdity of woke shit. It's not, it's not an attack on trans people. What do you think they're literally saying? You divide bathrooms by climate change? <laughs> like, what, what do you think? It's just making fun of how it's all absurd word salad nonsense. And the answer is destroy capitalism. It's making fun of anti-liberty wokeness nonsense. But whatever, it's a meme. Who cares? We're recruiting people to the party. We're, tr we're trying to fight a really important fight here. I just, I, I just, it, it's unbelievable to me how, 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 how you can be so petty in what would drive you to leave a caucus. Petty? Really? So let's read this. Archie Flower, as the numbers indicated, they're not being targeted for hate. The guy, you know, who you obviously feel superior to and have disdain for beat the hell out of you with factual information. Um, you know, that's his take on the greater context of this particular 
post. As for me, I don't hate them, transgender people. I am just careful and wise. Spraying my upholstered furniture with Lysol after they visit not equals hating them. You know, this, this, this guy is talking about spraying his furniture with Lysol after a transgender person uses that furniture. That, that's, that's open bigotry. That's open hatred. That's, there's no getting around that. That's disgusting. That's anti-libertarian. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if this was your big example to say that it's not petty to find a, a comment somewhere that someone said something nasty, like, yeah. Oh, oh okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not really getting the point that you're making here. I, and, and also, I don't know. I don't know what the, like what this is response to or what the context of this is, but yeah, that's a shitty thing to say. Okay. This was within the group. And I asked okay. Chip if this was basically acceptable. I'm the one that got my hand slapped because it, it it violated decorum to even ask that question. To ask what question? Whether or not this violates caucus rules and whether that this in that was in the caucus group. Yes, this that's quote. what. Uh, hold on, Archie. You're telling me right now that that violated decorum for you to ask whether this yeah, violated I, rules. Okay. I'm sure Michael would have something to respond uh, to, to this with, but I, I don't know. You, you'll have to take this up with him. You're talking about a conversation I'm not a part of and that see, I, I just I, I have a hard time believing that that was your violation of decorum. You don't have to be a part of this conversation. It's a trend. I don't have you know, I'm no longer in the group and I don't have any socks. I'm not that kind of person to, you know, sneak back into a group that doesn't want me. But I, I thought you said you weren't wearing socks for a minute. I was like, I'm not. I'm not saying the relevance, but you mean sock accounts? I get it. Okay. I'm a builder, practically. I don't know. I don't get these. Well, I am wearing socks because Vermont is cold, and I want warm feet. Um, but but I don't so have any. Is, is, is the is the point of this that you're saying there's there's some comments in in the Facebook group that you don't like that are nasty comments? Very unlibertarian people in the Facebook. Group. Well, I'm sure you find this. I'm I'm sure you think. But you know what? It's kind of interesting. I'm kind of glad we did the first part, you know, in the beginning, because I, I suppose you would find this a violation of the non-aggression principle. Yes, I think it is. Okay, that is a violation of the non-aggression principle. They they are directly hold on. Well, talking about how, how how much they hate these people. The hatred. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, I'm just I I am I'm, I am really doing my best. At least in the first half, I was really doing my best to be impartial, and I still am. But I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to look at this as as I've never seen these conversations before. I'm not familiar with any of this stuff. If I'm reading that on a Facebook group myself, at at worst, I'm thinking, oh, that guy's kind of a dick. But he's also clearly joking and clearly trying to yeah. prod. And from my point of view, he's trying to prod you and and get you and and show and trying to like show you he's like whatever by talking about spraying Lysol and whatever. But that all aside, like, do you think even if it was true, it wouldn't violate the NAP? Yes, of course it wouldn't. No level of this could possibly violate the non-aggression principle. But do you believe in your heart, Archie, that this person actually sprays Lysol down on their couch before a transgender person comes over to sit on their couch? I mean, you must understand that this person is probably trolling you or at least like just being a little like this about a person of color. Huh? What if they said that about a person of color? What are would you asking me? Would that be what? Ra would that be racist in your view? 
if they if they said that about a person of color that I'd spray Lysol before a black guy came over to my my house. Um, yes, yeah. it would it would be racist, but it might be a racist joke or a racist troll. I, I don't know. OK, so without context, you're calling this a joke. Well, the idea of him, I, I, that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. What, what, you're asking, not a joke. Listen, I mean, dude, you can't say without context you're calling this a thing because you're the one providing this without any context. And I, I, this is this is absurd, Archie. Like you were focusing on the meme that they pointed before, and now you've just found one uh, comment that's a nasty comment that you're going to put up there and hold up all the time and that I have to defend. I don't care, dude. I don't fucking care. Listen to me, man. What all three of us want here. Okay. What all three, let, like, let's be serious adults for a second. What, what do we want to do? We want to abolish the CIA. We want to scale back the military industrial complex. Do you have any idea the type of war we're in for? We almost all better hope this whole thing doesn't succeed because we will be in serious danger if it does. We are going to war. Okay. That's where we're going. We're not this. This isn't even boot camp. We're on the bus to boot camp to go in for the war of our lifetime. And you're telling me something someone said on the bus offended you. This is nonsense. Like, I I don't think you're going to make it through this war, bro. We're already in, in a war. We're in a cold civil war. And we have been for a while. Uh, okay. I mean, look at the state of the media. How much do you trust the media? I don't. I think we're getting a little outside uh, the uh, the uh, the topic relating to the race. Uh, the Mises uh, okay, so when you say uh, the Mises Caucus we're promotes, about, we're we're talking about individualism and individual rights. And when when someone is transphobic. It pushes trans people out of our party, and they should be in our party because we're the party of individual rights, and we always have been, and we've been pro-LGBT since our inception, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. You know, do you, do you want them to only go to the left woke crowd? Oh, is that, is that actually a question? No, I don't want I don't want anyone to go into the left woke crowd. I want a bunch of people. Hold on. If you're going to ask me a question, let me answer it. I want a lot of people to come into the Libertarian Party. Currently, the only caucus that's bringing a lot of people into the Libertarian Party is the Mises Caucus, the caucus that you're attacking. So if you're what is what? Let me just ask you the back to, you know, uh, uh, okay. Uh, you can keep this comment up for the rest of the show if you want to, I guess. Uh, it, you're saying the Mises Caucus is guilty of entryism, that we're bringing, I guess you would say, non-libertarians into the Libertarian Party. Aside from a comment you saw on a Facebook post, where's the manifestation of this? What's what's happening in terms of the the candidates they're putting forward, in terms of the messaging of the caucus, in terms of like, like where's the manifestation of this, whatever you're calling it, racism, huh? The, the, the meme that I posted earlier was from their official group. Yeah, no, I know. It was a silly meme. It was silly I, to, to think of that meme as hateful. Like, I, I know you kind of put the meme up for a second and now you're going to leave this random comment up for the rest of the time. But if you want to talk about the meme, that was a silly, playful meme. If anybody seriously got their feelings hurt over that meme, I, I I, I would challenge them to grow up and realize that there's much uh, there's there's much more damaging things in the world. If if that's the worst thing you're you're going to deal with, everything's just fine. 
It's a, it's a silly meme. And by the way, can I just say the message of the Mises caucus more or less, right? And this is what they, they've always, they have a plank about lifestyles where they're like, listen, you can have any lifestyle you want to. That doesn't matter to us. Our goal, this is what the Mises caucus is about. It's what we've always been about. It's about first and foremost, um, re-energizing the Ron Paul revolution and bringing the liberty movement into the libertarian party. It's about being anti-war, about uh, promoting Austrian economics and radical decentralization. That's what it's about. If you believe that there's 56 genders, I, that's fine. Do you Are you against the war, against the Fed, ag- uh, for decentralization? Then great, come join us. If you believe there's two genders, Great. Are you against the war, against the Fed, against all this other stuff? Come join us. We don't really care. That is the position of everybody at the top of the Mises Institute, uh, the Mises Caucus, excuse me. It's the position of Michael Heiss, myself, all the other people who are like influential figures there. That's how we all feel. But I think guys like you are like, no, if you believe there's two genders, even if you care about all of that other stuff, I don't care. You, this is like horrible transphobia or something like that. And and this, uh, again, I just, dude, we have so many serious problems right now. I, I can't believe this meme is even an issue. All right, Archie. <laughs> We can we can either focus on the meme for another forty minutes, or we can just kind of get. I mean, <clears throat> meme aside, I, I don't know if it may, how much it makes sense to focus on one meme. I, I know that's the meme that that made you leave, or one one comment. But you know, this was about the entryism. So even if it's a, a meme or a comment, are, are you trying to say that the people in charge of the Mises Caucus, or or I guess maybe many of the people that are involved with the Mises Caucus, are intentionally doing? Like doing and th- seeing things that are like, because I'm still want to go back to the part where you're saying they want to change the organization. Like, what do they want to change it to? Because I, I know what they say, or at least what I, the people I know in it say, they want to change it. Like Dave was saying, and make it more libertarian. But you're claiming that they're trying to make it something different than that. So what what is that thing? Or is it? I'm not saying, saying trying specifically to to remold it in the way you just kind of said. I'm saying that they're too friendly to the alt-right with messaging like that. I'm saying that they are too uh, cozy with just bringing numbers in so that they can own the libs. And if you hate the left more than you love liberty, then that's going to end up being, you know, that's going to come through your messaging. It's funny that you said that. I remember Andy Craig said that when he was on with me too. Like you can't hate the left more than you love liberty or something. But of course, it's just something you say and never really define. But the fu- the irony of it is that it really seems like you guys are far far more guilty of hating the right more than you love liberty. I mean, everybody who listens to me knows that I love liberty and it, to the extent that I hate the left. And I don't even really hate the left. There's lots of groups of people on the left who I really admire. Um, and I've actually done quite a bit more outreach to the left and brought more lefties into libertarianism than I'd say all of my critics combined this month. Um, but whatever, uh, it, I don't hate the left. I hate at parts of the left to the extent that they oppose liberty. And the fact that they oppose liberty is the number one reason I hate them. Yet, uh, a lot of people who are critical of the Mises Institute will see, uh, sorry, I keep doing this, the Mises Caucus, will see a caucus bringing in large numbers of people by the way, in the name of supporting Jacob Hornberger, um, and they will say, 
I don't even care that they're getting so much enthusiasm into the party. The fact that you've had conversations with the alt-right means you must be this evil person. It actually seems like a much more um, accurate accusation to say that those people hate the right more than they love liberty. Um, Look, if you're going to talk about a nasty Facebook comment or two, you could. It's funny because only the Mises caucus gets put under this microscope. Like only it, no, you could go to any group on Facebook with a few thousand followers minimum, scroll down four or five comments, and you're going to see something nasty said. I, I mean, I promise you that any one of your groups go into one of the groups that's trashing the Mises caucus all the time. Scroll through 10 comments and tell me if you haven't found something more vile than the stuff that you just put up there. By the, I mean, you want to talk about like just reprehensible behavior by members of the Libertarian Party? How, how about hurling career-ending uh, insults at people, accusations completely unfounded? How the way Sarwak treated Tom Woods and Jeff Dice? Well, how about the people who went after Josh Smith's family? How about those fucking people? Those people should burn in hell, tried to drive a wedge between a 15-year-old daughter and her estranged father. Like, and by the way, I haven't always gotten along with Josh, but those people, man, if if anyone should, there should be one group where we target outrage at someone, maybe that's who it should be. Anyway, this is all, I I don't know. Go ahead. So Sarwark said some uh, really bad things during this last convention, and I called him out for that. I'm not, I'm not giving him any leeway there. And these other groups, yeah, I'll call them out for that. You, you saw me talk to Shipley on Twitter not that long ago, and you liked my tweet that was calling Shipley out for his BS. I don't exempt those groups, and I don't, you know, the, the, the whole, like, loser brigade mentality. Um, no, that, that, that's BS. There are. Okay, so we agree there. But uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, the, the loser brigade stuff, it doesn't matter. This is all this is all really small potatoes, man. Like we're the, the government just the government the, the government just instituted totalitarianism, dude. They're locking people up for going to church or for trying to run their business. They're, they've bankrupted the middle class. They've destroyed small business. Like libertarians, man, we got to shake some of this st- stuff off and say, do we want to actually focus on what matters? And, and I just don't get, man, I do not understand, dude. And I'll tell you this, like from the fucking bottom of my heart, if anybody, if the people who I despise, like the fucking most in the party, the people have been the shittiest to me, like any of them. If fucking Andy Craig, who's basically out there calling me a neo-Nazi or anything like that, if he were to get on a platform with 10 million people watching and break down the war in Yemen and why we need to be not fighting that war and explain it to people and get, I would salute him. I would be like, God damn, you know what? However I might feel about him, that guy did something great for the world right there. Like that was really awesome that he did that. And yet I feel like, you know, by the way, I, I did that on Joe Rogan. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, um, so if, if anyone didn't get that, I'm talking about me. That's what I'm saying. I'm great. Uh, but the, my point is that it seems like, but it seems like the Mises caucus is out here. Do, like anybody, how would anybody not at least acknowledge, man, what Michael Heiss has done? This kid is just smart as shit. He's fucking works his 
ass off. He's like really interesting, really kind person. He's not a right winger at all. He put blood, sweat and tears into decriminalizing mushrooms. Like these are the pa- this is these are where his passions are. And he has inspired the, the libertarian movement to start entering the party. And, and we're sitting here talking about a meme that was shared or something like that. Like this, this just all seems so insignificant to the bigger picture. And this is this is one of the things I really don't get. And, and it makes me, I got to say, a little bit suspicious of some of the uh, the Mises caucus critics that that there is this kind of like, you know, everything, any tiny little petty, uh, you know, violation is like, oh, my God, this is the hugest thing ever. Look, man, what do you think is going to happen if we let's say we were able to, by the way, the, the number of um, dues paying members to the LP is pathetic. It's pathetically small. OK, Um Let's say we went from what? What is it now? I don't know. What are we, what are we at? Twenty, thirty thousand, something like that. A terrible number. Let's say we brought in another hundred thousand people. Let's say we had this mass influx into the Libertarian Party. Would we be psyched that all these people are coming in and supporting Libertarian ideas, or would we go? You know, there's been a lot more nasty Facebook comments lately. You know, like anybody. Listen, anybody who has a big following has this issue. This is what we were talking about last time I was on the show. Anybody, there's nobody who has a big following who, if you go look at the comments under their thread, there aren't some people saying hateful shit. Okay. You shouldn't say it. The Facebook group. Huh? And this is, this is not a following like on Twitter. This is a Facebook group. You can't really control your followers, but LPMC leadership can most certainly control who is and is not in their group. And when Someone such as myself brings up to leadership, hey, uh, this guy's a problem, and I'm the one told I'm breaking decorum. That's complete BS. Okay. And you're trying to minimize this as though it's it's not a big thing, but when you're uh, attacking GSM rights and, and, and minority people, it absolutely is a big thing. No one. Okay. But let's not do the thing Andy Craig did last time. No one attacked anybody's rights. I mean, you can say that the joke was in bad taste or the meme was in bad taste, or maybe you can say the comment wasn't a joke, but nobody attacked anybody's rights. And this is again, man, this is like, let's not do this slippery thing with the non-aggression principle or with the idea of rights. No rights were attacked. Okay. Now, if this comment bothered you and you brought it up and the response was you're violating decorum, if that's how it happened, maybe it shouldn't have happened that way. But so what is it like? What is it you want them to do? You want them to boot that person? You want that person gone? Yeah. OK. What What if somebody says um, what if somebody says, I believe there are two genders? Should that person be gone? No, I don't think that that's that's over the line. OK. And how many genders there are that that that's that's a completely that's a, a completely separate view. OK. And and you can believe in two genders or, or, or a thousand. I mean, what your personal beliefs are and how you interact with other people, they're, they're, you, you can't just swap those. No, but I'm just trying to get a gauge for you because I really don't understand it. I mean, what if somebody said that I think trans women are biological men? Should they be booted? That would depend on the context. So, I mean, it's like, dude, this, like, so, so your point but, is that because, but um, let me just, let me just try to make this clear though. Cause I just want to just, just, just a second. Let me, okay. Let me just make this point And this is clear. I would never. Okay. 
in a million years, if like, look, I'll say this. Okay. I believe biologically there are two genders. I know this is like a dangerous, crazy thing to say these days. I that's, that's what I believe. Okay. Now, and you own and your own just body. Got our channel taken down. Thank you. Very much. There you go. We, uh, we, I, I, I've met lots of trans people and I, I do refer to them in person by their preferred pronouns. Cause that just seems like the non dickish thing to do. But if you were going to ask me if I think a trans woman is a man, I would be like, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, they were born a man. Anyway, uh, so that's my personal opinion, okay? Um, if somebody ever posted in the Mises Caucus group that they believe that trans women are women, I would never in a million years be like, that person should be booted. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, okay, so I disagree with them on that, but whatever. Who cares? We have much bigger fish to fry. Yet when the opposite comes up, you do think that that person should be booted. This is, a, it, it's not an intolerance on, from our uh, point of view. And by the way, there's a wide diversity of how people feel about all these issues in the Mises Caucus, because that's not what the caucus is about. Like, it, it's just, I, I gotta say, man, I do What's think that this now? is- Why would that be posted? Huh? The, 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 the 125 gender thing. That meme, if 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 the caucus is staying out of id poll, identity politics for those who aren't familiar with the particular term, mm -hmm. then then why did they wade right in? Uh, I don't I don't know what that has to do with identity politics. It's making fun of wokeism, dude. It's a silly meme. You keep saying that it's a silly meme, but it's obviously transphobic on its face. I mean, no, it's not. That's not true, dude. It's not transphobic. I'm sorry. It's it's making fun of the absurdity. Dude, it's do you think they were actually trying to divide bathrooms by climate change? It's yes, silliness. That, it's a joke. Or works. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't hear. I was talking about common core. Oh yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's what it's making fun of all of this shit. It's making, maybe that's the joke. It's making fun of wokeness and common core math or whatever. I don't know. I didn't get the common core part that might've gone can, over my head. You can totally make that point without bringing in transgenderism. Okay. Or you could make the point with it in there. That's irrelevant. The point is that it's not hateful, dude. There was really nothing hateful about that. And I'm sorry to say it's transphobic. I just, I, I don't agree with you. And I think, um, you might be a little overly sensitive to to a meme there but look man but my i think that my point stands that you you're or or my question maybe i should say let me reassert this you're you're talking about a meme that was posted here or or comments and stuff like that okay i understand and and by the way i do kind of get it i'm going to try to be like as generous as i can here i get where some of the people that i, I this is how i see it right i think some of the people that we're bringing in now, there's a lot we've brought in. I mean, according to the, the executive director, who was no friend of the Mises, uh, the Mises caucus, according to him, um, we brought in more people in a non-presidential year than have ever happened in his 15 years. I mean, we brought we, we brought a sizable amount of people into the Libertarian Party um, between a lot of us. Mark was involved in that. Tom, myself, Michael Heiss. Um, I, I think there are some people who we've brought in who are way less politically correct than the tone of the party. Like they don't care about making offensive jokes. They'll say it, it's kind of, if you talk to people in the Liberty movement, which by the way is much, much, much bigger than the Libertarian party, you get more of that flavor than you do within the Libertarian party where there's a much more strict, you know, concern about, I don't know what you would call transphobia and I would call a silly meme. Okay. Um, and so some of those people have come in and, and there's no, you know, I, I understand that. And I understand where maybe that bothers you. 
But in terms of what the caucus is doing, like in the big picture, where is the evidence you see of this entryism? I mean, are they pushing like hard right candidates? Are they are, like, what exactly is it? Because I never, I'll tell you, you know, it's like, um, when I was talking to Andy, he talked for a little bit about the pipeline being real. And I think by that he meant the um, libertarian to alt-right pipeline. But then I guess the accusation here wouldn't be a libertarian to alt-right pipeline. It would be an alt-right to libertarian pipeline, which, by the way, anything to libertarian pipeline seems like a really good thing to me. But I guess the concern now would be that it's an alt-right to secret alt-right still pretending to be libertarian pipeline or something like that. So am I getting this wrong? What, what's the evidence of this in the big picture? Like who, who are the well, candidates? What is the Mises caucus doing? That were happening, would that be disturbing to you? Uh, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. You're, you're talking about alt-right people coming in and, and remaining alt-right rather than turning into libertarians. Would that be disturbing to you? I don't think Dave was saying remaining alt-right. I think he's saying bring them in and into the libertarian oh, party. No, but I think he's just asking me the question, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he was putting words in my mouth. Archie was just saying, he was just I, asking I me, I believe. delineated there, and I'm asking if the second one disturbs him. Sure. Oh, if we were bringing in alt-right people to the Libertarian Party and they were making it something that's not libertarian, absolutely, that would disturb me. But here, let me just let, let me just maybe alleviate some of your concerns a little bit, because it seems to me like a lot of people um, who are very concerned about the alt-right within the Libertarian Party know absolutely nothing about it. And by the way, this happens a lot with um just politics in general. It's like, you know, when Sean Hannity is like the far left Nancy Pelosi, you know, it's like the far left Hillary Clinton. But like, if you talk to any leftist, they will laugh in your face if you call Hillary Clinton far left and they'll be right to do it because you, you know, nothing about the left. If you think Hillary Clinton is far left, you know, so it's there's like, like when a lot they of say the, of, the libertarians controlling the CDC right now, you're like, what, what yes, yes. There's, it's just like these, they, they have no understandings of these actual groups or what their arguments are. And to even the left is like way too broad of a term. I mean, to compare anarchists with democratic socialists are it, it, there's a vast difference between them and so all these different groups but if you do know anything about the alt-right um which i did because there was the whole you know hype about the pipeline and all of that and because i interviewed a few of their leaders i did look into it a bit no expert but i know a bit about it if your concern is that the alt-right wants to join the libertarian party in our big recruiting effort which was all centered around supporting jacob hornberger I promise you, you have nothing to worry about. Like, I, I promise you, it is it is the opposite of what any of those people are even thinking about doing is supporting an open borders libertarian. They think libertarians are like the, the opinion of libertarianism from the alt right basically ranges from it's a weak stand down order to white people to it's a Jewish conspiracy to destroy the West. None of them are coming. Like, it's just so. Yes, I would be disturbed if that happened, but I'm quite uh, non-disturbed knowing that this is all just made up in in, you know, the loser brigade's mind. All right, Archie, I'm going to let you respond, but um, it's been a while. We've been here about an hour and a half. Maybe you can just kind of respond to what Dave said there, but also incorporate that into your summary of the whole event evening if you will your entire position here that because they are uh, we haven't really related them but i think your overall point here is that you believe that the mises caucus has been 
promoting people, or at least their messaging has brought people into the party that are not really libertarians. They are nasty people, ugly people, perhaps racist people. I don't mean ugly their appearance, but uh, people with thoughts that they find you find ugly, and and that that will is what sort of makes them not libertarian or you know advocate things that might violate the NAP. I don't I don't know if I'm summing up your argument well, but I'll let you do that right now, and then then we'll kind of wind things down. So exactly the. <clears throat> The messaging is too open to the alt-right. It is, it is too um, cozy with those ideas. It is ignoring individualism in favor of identity politics of the right, is, is my summary. And it's not just one meme. It's not just one post. It is an issue of quality control. And one of the biggest reasons why it becomes such an issue is they do actually take the time to kick some people out. So why not these people? Why was I told that my question about this particular person was a violation of decorum and it gets swept under the rug and this person stays in the caucus? It, it, it's a problem. And, and it's unfortunate that leadership doesn't see that. Do you want to, is that, is that your full closing statement? Cause I'm, I'm yeah. kind of making that this. Okay. All right. I mean, Dave. Yeah. I just want to make sure you have a chance to say anything else you want to say. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, look, I'll, I'll say, um, like, you know, thank you to both of you guys. And th thank you to Archie. I appreciate you taking the time. And I, I appreciate that this was, Absolutely. uh, this was more of a, um, <laughs> A friendlier conversation than my last experience I think on, that's safe uh, to say. on this show. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pretty sure going in. I was like, we're not going to top that one. Um, I, I will say that I've so I've I've been told by a lot of people. I get a lot of conflicting um, opinions on this, but there are people who are really love when I do these things, and then there's a lot of people who tell me not to do these and just to ignore people who are criticizing. By the, the way, the all those people progress. that tell you not to do it still tune in, so I don't know how much I believe it's, them. But. Well, it is one of those things where people would get, they'll be like, I hate these debates, but then you look at the numbers and you're like, well, do you hate them? Because you're really excited to watch. But a lot of people tell me they're like, well, listen, this, this person doesn't have as, as big a following as you. They don't have a, as big a platform as you. So just ignore them. Why are you even giving, you know, oxygen to these criticisms? Um, but I've never really had that attitude. I always feel like, look, I want to explain this to people. And I think we have the truth on our side and we can win the argument. So why not? And I've done a lot of these, a lot of these. I mean, I've, I've like, I debated Nick Sarwalk in an Oxford style debate. Then I debated him on my podcast. I had the, the, the uh, fake Rotarians nerd on my podcast. I had fucking Chris Spangle on my podcast. I debated Andy Craig here. Now we've done this. And I just feel like there are all these people who launch all of these accusations against the Mises caucus. But then when it actually comes time to like debate these ideas, the, the, they kind of fade away. And it's like, there's no, it just all kind of crumbles. Like I understand. Okay. So you were pissed off that you got busted for the decorum rules and someone else didn't like, uh, uh, okay. Um, maybe you're right about that. Maybe it shouldn't have gone down that way. I, I don't know. I don't moderate the group. I don't have anything to do with that. If, if we're talking about the bigger picture and the bigger issues, Look, I can promise you, I, I, I can really, I, I promise you have nothing to worry about that the Mises caucus is laser focused on 
individual liberties, the non-aggression principle, decentralization, Austrian economics, opposing wars, first and foremost, and now probably more than ever opposing the lockdowns and the government totalitarianism of the last year. That's what we're about. Anybody who's following me into this thing, anybody who's following Michael Heiss into this thing is getting on board with our program. There's no entryism here. Nothing is being subverted. We've never once said that we're here for a right-wing takeover of the Libertarian Party. That's not what we're about. In fact, if you if you listen to people within the Mises Caucus, one of the things that really drove the Mises Caucus to, to start was Gary Johnson walking back, repealing the war on drugs. They were all so furious. If, if you were to poll in the Mises Caucus, should we repeal the war on drugs? It, you, there's no question. You couldn't find one person in there who's, who's not for that. There's, there's no debate about this is not a right wing thing. And you can always cherry pick, man. I mean, you can find examples here or there where someone says something shitty. But the big picture here, I'm, I'm sorry, like racism doesn't violate the non-aggression principle and the Mises caucus isn't guilty of entryism. What we are doing is something that we should, uh, I think we should be applauded for. It's breeding, it's breathing new life into the libertarian party. And, um, I think that's a worthwhile endeavor or I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll wrap up on that. All right, gentlemen. Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, you are both uh, mountains of men. You have both uh, brought new new members into the Lions of Liberty Pride. You have uh, coerced, not coerced, uh, convinced more people to uh, to send us money to support this show. So for that, I, I am, of course, eternally grateful. And Archie, of course, has been a Pride member himself uh, here. So, uh, you know, thank you guys for, for helping us. Uh, you know, everything, everything you do, helping us with the show. But also, you know, you guys are out there, even though you disagree on these things, uh, disagree on some issues here and there. I think you guys are both out there uh, doing your best best to uh to spread liberty and and, and right. do the right thing out there let me so, say uh, i uh i still believe archie is a fellow traveler i would say so. <laughs> someday i need more memes i need a meme of you guys holding hands and walking down the beach next to jesus's footprints or something i don't know if that makes <laughs> sense but that's what i want to see uh anyways I, I appreciate it so much of course tune into part of the problem and uh archie anything you want to plug i know you are the chairman of the vermont libertarian party if you want to uh you know let any vermont libertarians know how they can uh, you know, get more involved feel free to do that or, or you know drop anything you got um yep email me at chair at vtlp.org and i will email you out a form to join the vermont libertarian party um i would love to wrap this up by simply saying thank you very much mark you've been a wonderful host thank you very much dave it's been a true pleasure um i didn't get to say all the things i wanted to say but that's not you know because i mean it's been an hour and a half I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, it's also the first time I've done anything like this. We're just this. taking a break, and we're, if I'm in a break, then we're doing part two, right? I thought that was... Nah, all right, maybe... maybe. I don't think we're necessarily up to that. I'd love to do a part two in a month. I mean, I, I'm three hours ahead of you guys. I got all, I got all night. But uh, it, it's been great. Um, it's been fun. It's been illuminating. Uh, we should definitely do it again if you're both up to it. Um, I am, so... Thank you both. Sure. And thank you to the audience. All right, gentlemen. Well, all the audience had just signed up for the Lions tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, thanks for everything you're doing out there. Keep up the great work. And, of course, keep on roaring.
All right, kitty cats, I hope you enjoyed that little debate, that little exchange, casual conversation, whatever you want to call it, uh, between Dave Smith and one of his critics and member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, Archie Flower. I thank uh, both of them for doing that. And welcome, of course, to all the Part of the Problem fans that did hop over here to the greatest libertarian variety show on Earth, Lions of Liberty, to check this thing out. And, uh, you know, it's not just me here hosting, uh, you know, libertarian Twitter feuds every week, uh, I have some compatriots as well. And I, and I do even more than than moderate, loosely moderate uh, libertarian Twitter feuds. I host the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast every single Monday where I do all sorts of things. I do interviews with great libertarian leaders like some of the guys you're going to hear from in the next few weeks, including names like Glenn Jacobs, Peter Schiff, Vin Armani. That's all coming to you. It's also coming, of course, to the Pride, our Patreon at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Early access for all those interviews. But of course, we also have my compatriots in Liberty, my fellow Lions, Brian McWilliams. Every single Wednesday, he brings you his weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land, while John Odie Odermatt, for now anyway, ends the week with Felony Friday. Now, there are some rumors, there are some rumblings that there's going to be a slight tweaking, a slight rebranding of that show in 2021, so you might have only a couple episodes left of, of the formal Felony Friday podcast, so you want to get all these shows, you want to get them all for the price of one. Three shows every week for the price of one, that price is free. All you got to do, guys, is smash that subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a great rating, a five-star rating, and a great review. That really helps us get in front of more and more of those Liberty earballs out there. And while you're at it, while you guys are still here, I got to give a little plug to myself, to my other podcast, uh, my weekly look at the comic book characters, stories, events that made many of the movies and uh, TV series that you know and love today. It is, of course, the Second Print Comics Podcast co-hosted by myself and our good friend Remzo Martinez, fellow libertarian from over there, the We Are Libertarians Network. This is, of course, a non-political show. We're trying to reach out there, get in the pop culture a little bit, uh, attract fans from all over the place. But of course, we are libertarians. We are who we are. Our beliefs, uh, especially if you are uh, sort of a one of us, one of us, as they say, you will certainly hear those seep through uh, throughout the various episodes. But if you've ever been a fan of comic books, or you never have been, but you just want to hear me talk more, trust me, you're going to love sex print comics just go over to your podcatcher type in second print comics and you will find us each and every wednesday delivering a new look at uh, some of the greatest comic book characters stories and events that have taken place over the time guys thank you so much for joining us this week don't forget to come back for brian in just two days on electric liberty land and next week i'll have glenn jacobs for you right here until next time my friends live long and live free